Good afternoon, everyone. On the update this Friday, some people are calling the choking death of Jordan Neely at the hands of another subway rider a criminal act. Others are justifying the killing as defense against dangerous disorder. We'll have the latest details. A jury has concluded that Ed Sheeran's hit song, Thinking Out Loud, did not copy key components of Marvin Gaye's classic tune, Let's Get It On. It's the same old story for the New York Mets. Justin Verlander gave a back-to-back homer in his, back-to-back homers in his debut. Eduardo Rodriguez drew eight scoreless innings, and the Tigers completed a three-game sweep with a win. And the Minnesota Senate has honored the late pop superstar Prince by voting to dedicate to him the highway that runs past his Paisley Park Museum and studios. This is the update on Cinco de Mayo, uh, Friday, May the 5th, 2023. Celebrating six years of telling New York's stories. From the Tommy Lynn stage at the Urban Dove Charter School in Brooklyn, New York, this is the update of Brandon Julian, a three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know, because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Friday. TGIF to all of you out there. Not just any Friday, of course, it's a holiday weekend Friday, Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo to all those who celebrate. You know, I have a feeling that some people don't exactly know why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Uh, some people really just go to the bars and just have, uh, you know, just drinks on Cinco de Mayo. But no, the reason why we celebrate it is to celebrate Mexico's victory over the Second French Empire at the Battle of Puebla in 1862, led by the General Ignacio Zaragoza. So yeah, we celebrate this uh, this holiday because of uh, because of that man. You know, so celebrate responsibly if you are going to celebrate. I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on, as per the usual. We're going to begin this Friday, of course, with um, split uh, decision. Was this justifiable homicide, maybe? Some people are calling the choking death of the Jordan Neely at the hands of another subway rider a criminal act. Others justify the killing as defense against dangerous disorder. Manhattan prosecutors, however, are promising a rigorous investigation into whether to bring charges into the death of Jordan Neely, who was tackled by fellow passengers and put in a fatal chokehold by Daniel Penny, a white Marine veteran. The medical examiner's office ruled on Wednesday night that Neely died in a homicide from compression of the neck. But it said any determination about criminal culpability would be left to the legal system. 
On to some of the other news of this Friday. And a jury, they've concluded that British singer Ed Sheeran's hit song, Thinking Out Loud, did not copy key components of Marvin Gaye's classic tune, Let's Get It On. The verdict yesterday came after a two-week trial that featured Sheeran singing and playing guitar on the witness stand. Outside the courthouse, the singer told reported he wouldn't be a, quote, piggy bank for those who sue musicians. Sheeran was sued by the heirs of songwriter Ed Townsend, who created the 1973 soul classic with Gay. After the verdict, Sheeran hugged Catherine Townsend Griffin, who was Townsend's daughter, and she said that they can now be friends. Kind of reminds you of another classic song, Why Can't We Be Friends? The former president's lawyers, they've now asked the federal court to take control of his criminal case. They argued yesterday that the former president cannot be tried in state courts where his historic indictment was brought because the alleged conduct occurred while he was in office. Moving the case would still mean the Manhattan DA's office would prosecute him, and state law would still apply, but with the oversight of a federal judge. And such requests are rarely granted in criminal cases. However, uh, Trump's request is unprecedented because he is the first former president ever charged, of course, with a crime. You may remember last week we told you about how, uh, if you're a Twitter person, how the New York City subway was going to stop sending out service alerts because they found the platform to be unreliable. Well, now they are back online, and they began providing alerts just in time for the evening commute uh, on last night. The MTA lost access last week to Twitter's application programming interface to send out automated alerts about service changes and uh, emergencies. They decided last week, of course, to cease publishing those service alerts to Twitter. It said it opposed the platform's recent decision to start charging access to its interface. Twitter said this week it has restored free access to the interface for verified government and, quote, publicly owned services so they can tweet alerts. The former president has also hinted that he might show up soon at the trial here in this city where a jury is hearing allegations that he raped a woman in the mid-90s. His lawyers are insisting that he won't attend the proceedings or testify, and now the judge is offering one last chance for him to change his mind. After E. Jean Carroll's lawyers rested their case yesterday, U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan was reluctant to let the former president's lawyers rest their case without calling any witnesses. He said it would give Trump until 5 o'clock on Sunday evening to provide his final answer about testifying in his own defense to Carroll's allegations. The attorneys general of New York and California are now investigating allegations of work of workplace discrimination at the NFL. Letitia James of the state of New York and Rob Bonta of California said yesterday that they've issued subpoenas to NFL executives as part of an examination into the workplace culture at the league's corporate offices in both states. The officials are both Democrats. 
They say they are exercising their legal authority to seek information from the NFL regarding allegations of gender pay disparities, harassment, and gender and racial discrimination. The league is calling the allegations, quote, entirely inconsistent with the NFL's values and practices. Out west in Buffalo, the groundbreaking for the Bills' new stadium can begin after the Erie County Legislature voted unanimously in favor of approving construction of the 60,000-plus seat, $1.5 billion facility. The vote was the final formal step for the stadium to be built across the street from uh, the Bills' current home in suburban Buffalo. Construction is on track to start in June and scheduled to be completed in time for the start of the 2026 season. The county approval comes 13 months after the bills reached the tentative agreement with the state and county, which are committed to funding at least $850 million of the cost. Meanwhile, Fox News is opposing an effort by three news organizations to reveal documents related to its recently settled defamation lawsuit, saying that that material would do nothing but, quote, gratify private spite or promote public scandal. The Associated Press, the the New York Times, and NPR want to uncover mostly private phone, text, and email conversations between Fox employees after the 2020 presidential election. Many of the messages have already proven newsworthy and embarrassing to Fox. A Fox lawyer said one of the reasons it agreed to pay that law, that um, settlement to Dominion Voting Systems was to buy peace and end the media spectacle. In other news, Simon & Schuster is again up for sale. Just months after a federal judge halted Penguin Random House's plan to purchase its longtime rival, Simon & Schuster's CEO and the parent company, Paramount Global, have confirmed that the publisher is back on the market with a sale possible by the end of the year. Penguin Random House, already the country's country's largest trade publisher, had offered about two and a half, nearly two billion dollars, I should say, for Simon & Schuster, a deal that would have created a dominant force in the book market. Paramount is now expected to favor a private equity firm. And finally, going back out west to Rochester, the World Video Game Hall of Fame, they've announced their class of 2023. The first four honorees announced yesterday include the first commercial video game, the one marketed to girls, a post-apocalyptic nail-biter, and a system that made gamers out of grandparents. The winners are Computer Space, Barbie Fashion Designer, The Last of Us, and Wii Sports. The Hall of Fame, of course, honors arcade, console, computer, handheld, and mobile games that have influenced popular culture or the video game industry. Anyone can nominate a game for consideration. The World Video Game Hall of Fame is moving to an expanded space in the Strong Museum in Rochester at the end of June.
Uh, time for us to uh, step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Friday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Uh, gonna talk some sports and talk about it's the same old story with the New York Mets. They just keep on sliding, even after Justin Verlander made his uh, made his debut. They just keep sliding, sliding, sliding. Do you want to know the uh, the tip or the hack to get kids to eat their vegetables? Uh, Eat your own first. At least that's what a new recent survey says. So we'll tell you about that. And we'll also tell you about, of course, uh, the latest national news. Including out in Washington, a Republican donor paid two years of private school tuition for a child raised by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, and he didn't disclose those payments. That could potentially spell trouble. Going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian, it returns in just a moment. Brandon Julian. Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving people, it's, uh, we don't even really have a tradition for Thanksgiving. The tradition, when you think about it, is that we overeat. Honestly, it's like, hey, why don't we just make a holiday where we just eat a lot? We do that every day. Oh. Why don't we do it with people who annoy the crap out of us? Oh, he's definitely anti-family. This is The Update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dad. Your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad. Your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey. Why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can, making sure they're safe and comfortable. But it's just as important that you take some time for yourself. At AARP, we can help with information and useful tips on how you can maintain a healthy life balance, care for your own physical and mental well-being, and manage the challenges of caring for a loved one. Because the better care you take of yourself, the better care you can provide for your loved one. Thanks, Dad. Thank you. You're there for them. We're here for you. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. Of all the newscasters in New York, I just happen to be one of them. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday, February 26th until August, Jamaica Centerbound J and Z trains will bypass 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard 24-7 through summer 2023. 
crustacean rehabilitation work. During rush hours beginning Monday, February 27th, skip stop service is not running from Jamaica Center Parsons Archer to Crescent Street. Trains will make local stops instead. For alternative service, use the Q56 bus, making stops along Jamaica Avenue. Beginning Monday, February 27th, we're temporarily closing the passageway between the 1, 2, and 3 trains at 14th Street and the L, F, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue because of accessibility improvements. If you normally transfer between the 1, 2, and 3 trains and the F, L, and M trains at 14th Street, 6th Avenue, you'll still be able to for free via an out-of-system walking transfer between 6th and 7th Avenue. The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings inside and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.75. Transfers must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S79 select bus service, pay on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $6.75. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So for the New York Mets, it's been the same old song and dance for what seems like an eternity now. They've been struggling in the early part of the season. That's no secret. Um, uh, he gave up back-to-back homers, Justin Verlander did in his Mets debut. But Eduardo Rodriguez threw eight scoreless innings, and the Tigers completed the three-game sweep with a 2 nothing win. Riley Green and Javi Baez hit solo homers off of Verlander in the first, and that was enough for Detroit. And Rodriguez gave up two hits and one walk and struck out nine. Alex Lang pitched the nine for his fifth save of the year. Verlander settled in after his rough start, showing signs of the form that made him one of the all-time greats in the history of the game. Now, folks, when we return on the update this Friday, uh, like we said, you want to know the secret to getting your kids to eat their vegetables? Apparently, eat your own first. At least that's what a recent survey said. Uh, and then we're going to talk together the latest national news. 
including how the accounts of rape and assault shared by women at that civil trial against the former president mark the first time that any numerous allegations of sexual misconduct against the former president have been heard in a court of law. But uh, will it matter for 2024? I'm going to talk about this, folks, and a lot more, too, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns after these messages. Brandon Julia. You know, for many years now, my wife's favorite holiday has been Halloween. It's started to become my favorite holiday, too, or at least one of them. And it's not because that girls out there every year, they dress up in crazy costumes and sexy costumes. If you think about it, the ladies totally do, though. You know, some people are like, I'm a witch if she was a hooker. I'm Little Miss Muppet. I'm sure you are. Hey, that almost sounded dirty, Brandon. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it twice a day. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it in the morning and before dinner. I get it, slip it, cuff it, check it, and share it with my doctor. Nearly one in two U.S. adults have high blood pressure. That's why it's important to self-monitor your blood pressure in four easy-to-remember steps. It starts with a monitor. Now that I know my blood pressure numbers, I talked with my doctor. We're getting those numbers down. Get it, slip it, cuff it, check it. Talk to doctor now and share it. Be next to talk to your doctor about your blood pressure numbers. Get down with your blood pressure. Self-monitoring is power. Learn more at manageyourbp.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Heart Association, and the American Medical Association. In partnership with the Office of Minority Health and Health Resources and Services Administration. Brandon Julian. Beijing Common Sense. Beijing Common Sense. Does anybody know if there's any common sense left in the room? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Indeed, it is, folks. Welcome back to the update of Brandon Julian on uh, Friday, everyone. TGIF to all of you out there. Getaway Friday for some of us, most definitely a Friday for others. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, and the Cinco de Mayo, please celebrate responsibly. We don't want anything happening to anybody out there, you know. Anyway, for lots of people, they have uh, they have kids. I'm sure lots of people have kids. Um, like, you know, sometimes um, there's a soundbite that we play in shows. that's like, you should never lie to a child. And those people have never had kids. Because think about it. If you if you have kids, you practically lie to your kids all the time. You know, it's like, you wouldn't like this ice cream. It's very spicy. I'd share with you, but Santa said that I can't. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but apparently, some people have kids. Some parents have a hard time getting kids to eat their vegetables. Well... 
there is a very easy hack for that. You want to get your kids to eat their vegetables? Apparently, eat your own first. There was a recent survey of about 2,000 parents of children ages two, six and younger that found that about 53% have noticed their kids eating unwanted vegetables specifically to mimic them. Overall, about 78% uh, believe their children learn their table manners specifically by imitating them at the table. Conducted by one poll on behalf of Stoke, the survey found that 82% feel it's important for their child to sit at the same table as them during mealtimes, and that 80% describe with eating with their child as one of their favorite ways to bond. Most respondents began feeding their children solid food between 6 to 12 months of age, but didn't synchronize their meal schedules together until their child was between 13 and 23 months old. Once they did, however, they described themselves as less likely to make different meals for them and their children, about 45%, and said opting to eat the same foods together, about 75%. About half uh, reportedly never make separate meals for themselves and their children, making it five times more popular than always making separate meals, about 7%. And although fewer people, about 72%, said it's important that their meals are eaten at an actual dining or kitchen table, that the kitchen table, the kitchen table also ranked among high, the most potent places for bonding time to occur, 45%, just behind, just behind bedtime, 47%. Uh, Joanne Smith Nielsen, an associate professor, CH, a PhD clinical psychologist at the University of Copenhagen, said, quote, Every interaction is a window of opportunity for learning and development. In fact, 70% of respondents said they frequently notice their child learning from their own behavior. The most commonly adopted manners that kids typically learn from their parents include using please and thank you, about 42%. Eating with their mouths closed, about 42%. And figuring out how to use utensils, that's about at 41%. Uh, but it's not just during meat, during mealtime, as 73% uh, have witnessed their child use the same language as them in conversations. Picking up complex words and phrases like predicament or appropriate. In addition to common expressions like thank you and excuse me. One parent said in an open-ended response, quote, I think it's so heartwarming when a child shows gratitude for the little things. Uh, it's a great gift that they will carry with them for the rest of their lives. Overall, about 82-81%, a whopping 81%, are very aware that the conversations they have with their child have an impact. Uh, a, perks per, a spokesperson from Stokes said, quote, uh, the table is where real growth occurs. It's where we uh, take the time to slow down, connect, listen, and learn from each other. Sitting together at eye level throughout childhood allows them to bond, connect, and form deeper relationships. Uh, among the most commonly understood table rules among kids up to six years old, please and thank you, and eating with their mouths closed, as we just said, 42%. Learning how to use utensils, that's about a 41%. Asking nicely for second servings and finishing what's on their plate, tied at 39. Letting others talk at 35%. Not screaming at 34%. And not burping at 29%. Which apparently, not burping, apparently my wife says, I have a problem with that at the most unexpected times. 
Oh, I don't, oh, I don't know why I even brought that up. So I will bring up that uh, national news. <laughs> national news, it is next for us around here, of course, when the update with Brandon Julian continues. From New York, the herbal supplement that's not approved by the FDA. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying, that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying, totally, just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're, um, rad just the same. To learn more, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, during the lighter segments of this show, when I make jokes, I sometimes lie up here. I- I'm not proud of it. <laughs> but even when I worked, if I told my teenage staff not to lie, I'm kind of lying to them. And if you ever work with kids, they know what they say, like, you should never lie to a child. And those people have never worked or had kids. Because when you're working with kids or you've had kids, you lie to them all the time. You're like, you wouldn't like this ice cream. It's very spicy. I'd share with you, but Santa said I can't. Now, why don't you go to sleep so I can wrestle your mom? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update, Brain and Julian, on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us. Uh, uh, definitely a Friday for others. And a Cinco de Mayo weekend for some others. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. Let us talk together. Right now, of course, the latest national news. And we're going to begin in Washington, where a Republican donor paid two years of private school tuition for a child raised by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, he did not disclose those payments. That's con- that confirmation of a published report comes from a lawyer who's represented Thomas and his wife Virginia. The revelation of tuition payments made by Dallas billionaire Harlan Crow is the latest example of Crow's generosity to Thomas and his family. And is raising more questions about Thomas's ethics and disclosure requirements in general. The payments, along with earlier examples of Crow's financial ties to Thomas, were first reported by the non-profit investigative journalism site ProPublica. 
In other news, uh, the accounts of rape and assault shared by women at that civil trial against the former president is marking the first time that any of the numerous allegations of sexual misconduct against him have been heard in a court of law. Trump has repeatedly and vehemently denied these allegations. He opted, of course, not to appear in court during the trial to rebut E. Jean Carroll's accusation that he raped her for decades, uh, excuse me, that he raped her decades ago. Instead, he flew overseas. And as Trump is campaigning for a 2024 presidential bid, the Carroll case is providing another test of Trump's ability to survive scandals that will most definitely sink others. Back in Washington, uh, uh, Jill Biden has joined Prince Harry to celebrate the athletic gift of wounded service members. She has discussed the value of early childhood education with Princess Kate. She sipped tea poured by Queen Elizabeth II. And now the First Lady is back in London for another royal engagement. President Biden sent his wife to represent the U.S. at uh, the coronation of King Charles III. No American president has ever attended a British coronation. Jill Biden spending much of today with the Prime Minister's wife before the big event tomorrow. She's going to return to Washington on Sunday. And a press freedom group says that China was the biggest global jailer of journalists last year, with more than 100 behind bars, as President Xi Jinping's government tightened control over society. Reporters Without Borders said that Beijing also was one of the biggest exporters of propaganda. China ranks second to last on the group's annual index of press freedom, behind only neighbor North Korea. Beijing has tightened already strict controls on media in a country where all newspapers and broadcasters are state-owned and websites and social media are required to enforce censorship. Uh, there is more national news for us to discuss, and uh, we will address those, of course, when the update Brandon Julian returns in just 60 seconds. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Friday, everyone. A getaway Friday for some of us, most importantly, a Friday for others as we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Uh, thank you, of course, folks, for still uh, being here with us. We're talking together right now, of course, the latest national news. And a far-right movement in Spain that is opposed to Muslims and immigrants has now found a home on Twitter. 
The informal movement often references the Rinconista, the successful effort by Christians to retake Spain from its Muslim rulers in the Middle Ages. Accounts linked to the group have called for an end to immigration and for violent attacks on Muslims. They've adopted a playbook used by far-right groups in the U.S., Brazil, and other countries who have exploited weak social media platform rules to expand their power and recruit new members. Back here in New York, uh, to the casual viewer, competing at the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show might look as simple as getting a, gro- getting a dog, grooming it, and leading it around a ring. But there's a lot more to getting to and exhibiting in the U.S.'s most prestigious canine event. The 147th annual show will start tomorrow at the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center here in New York. More than 2,500 dogs from 210 different breeds and varieties signed up to vie for the biggest, for the best in show trophy that gets awarded on Tuesday night. Contestants range from tiny chihuahuas to long-legged Irish wolfhounds. A bipartisan group of senators recently introduced legislation aiming to prohibit all children under the age of 13 from using social media. It would also require permission from a guardian for users under 18 to create an account. It's one of several proposals in Congress seeking to make the Internet safer for children and teens, but making laws and regulating companies take time. So what are parents and teens supposed to do in the meantime? Well, the tips from the experts include setting limits, communicating, and approaching kids with respect, curiosity, and also interest. And finally, we're going to go up to St. Paul in Minnesota, where the Senate there has honored the late pop superstar Prince by voting to dedicate to him the highway that runs past his Paisley Park Museum and Studios. The bill passed the House unanimously last month on the seventh anniversary of his death and now goes to Governor Tim Walsh, who is expected to sign. Prince, of course, is the creator of hits including Little Red Corvette, Let's Go Crazy, and When Doves Cry. Purple signs will soon go up along a seven-mile stretch of Minnesota State Highway 5 in the suburbs of Chanhassen and Eden Prairie, designating it as Prince Rogers Nelson. Memorial Highway. I'm going to let you guys ponder on that as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite. That's the way it is. Friday, May the 5th, 2023. That is the update on this Friday and for this week. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. And in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck, be safe, and most importantly, folks, please be well. If you're celebrating Cinco de Mayo, please make sure you celebrate responsibly. Don't want any more, don't want any accidents or such happening on these roadways. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for spending some of your time with us. I hope all of you have a good weekend, and I will see you right back here, ready to go on Monday, where it'll be three weeks to go until Memorial Day and the unofficial start of the summer of 2023. See you then.